Good morning. Got a few duties this morning, running sound and pastoring. It's a busy morning, <laughs> but I'm glad to, to, to be with all of you this morning and to be able to uh, share uh, uh, the God's word with you. Um, welcome. Uh, my name is Ken. I'm the pastor here, and I'm, I'm so glad that uh, you could be here, whether you're online with us today or, or whether uh, you're here in person. You know, we're in the second uh, message in a series called Hot Topics. And in this series, the congregation provided me with questions that that I could answer from God's Word. And today's message is God and government. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say about the government. But let's this morning see what the Bible says. The Bible says that there is no authority except that which God has established. What What do we do as Christians when those governing authorities do not follow God's laws? And, you know, that's a a really great question. And it's also a very complicated one. But it's an important one, I think, for us to think about, especially in today's culture. And I would say that most people outside the church and many people inside the church don't understand authority or absolute authority they, they, they kind of have authority within themselves. In our post-modern world, most people believe in what is called relative truth, not absolute truth. And that, they kind of, what they're saying by that is that my truth is my truth, and your truth is truth, your truth, and everyone's truth is their truth. And, and it's, it's more about our feelings than about objective reality. And, and, and so there's no authority in that. And uh, the Bible would teach authority. The Bible would say that our feelings or our hearts, they're deceitful above all things. And friends, we believe that Jesus is the truth. And and if we say that we follow him, then we are to obey the truth first above our feelings. And the truth that I think we all need to recognize is that by nature, we are all lawbreakers that we are lawbreakers. We are rebels who defy the authorities that God has set up. We we depart from God's design and and we seek to do our own thing. And, And if governments are established by God and we are in conflict with them, could the problem be us? Could the problem be us? In my case, it was. And sometimes, honestly, it still is. See, my very nature and my personality style is to rebel against rules. That's who I am. I I grew up in the 1960s, and I was taught that it was good to challenge every authority. I I also grew up in a a country where rebels were considered the heroes. You know, our country's founders rebelled against uh, what they considered a tyrannical and oppressive government, and I think it was. But those were the heroes we talked about in grade school. My, my, my parents were hippies, and so protesting the government and, and, and businesses was a way of life. I remember being five years old out there, Safeway, no way, you know, with a sign, um, protesting something that was going on. And, and so I grew up mistrusting authority, all authorities except myself. I think was, that was because many of the authorities in my life had let me down because I thought they were not exercising their authority 
correctly. So for me, rules were just optional. They were just an optional thing, a, a suggestion. If I could find a loophole that benefited me, I would do it. And, and rules, they were there for those other people, not for me. And, and, and thinking like this led me to a very broken place in my life. My marriage was failing. My finances were failing. And I was about to lose my driver's license at any time because I always had at least two tickets that were on the books. I was in like four or five major car wrecks in about three years. And, and my, my health was starting to suffer because I believed I could even defy the law of gravity. And I was an ac- acrobat and a, and a juggler. And I, I tested those laws daily to the detriment of my body. Thankfully, God's given me a second chance with these knees, but I destroyed them, throwing backflips on top of beer trucks and off of beer, tr- you know, just crazy stuff. I just thought I was indestructible. I, I paid no attention to the authority of my own body. I abused it with food and with alcohol and with adrenaline and with a lack of sleep and overworking and sex. And I let others abuse me because I had no sense of proper boundaries for myself. I, I didn't know how to keep boundaries with other people. Friends, I don't know if any of you were ever like that. I think to some extent we're all rebels. Some of us, like me, are obvious about it. We make a big mess. And others of us kind of like to obey rules on the outside, but we rebel in our hearts. You know, I have two children. My daughter is like me. She pushes the envelope, and it it can be messy just like me. And and growing up, I always knew what she was up to because all I had to do is think about what I'd be doing, plus she was broadcasting it. My son is more like his mom who follows the rules. He's more covert in his rebellion. He, he always tries to fly under the radar. We're never quite sure what he's up to. We, we call it the secret life of Cody Schultz. <laughs> you would think he's perfectly obedient in everything until he gets caught. See, we are all rebels, every one of us, but we express it differently. Some of us are bold about it. Some of us are covert about it. You know, some of us are aware of that nature of ours. I was aware of that nature because of all the big messes I was created. And some of us are are in denial of that nature because we're currently getting away with it. But the truth is, none of us are getting away with it. He sees you when you're sleeping, right? Our rebellion against God is what causes brokenness in our lives and in our world. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And the wage of our sin or rebellion is death, both physically and externally, eternally, in hell. And salvation, friends, is found simply in a transfer of authority from yourself to Jesus. Do we let Jesus be our authority? Or are we going to continue in life on our own authority? And if you say you're going to continue on your own authority, let me ask you a question. How's that working out for you right now? How will it look, work out for you long term? Maybe today you need a better authority for your lives. 
The Bible says that the government is now on his shoulders. And he has all authority on heaven and on earth. God gave him this authority because he was the only man or woman who never rebelled against authority. You know, in the Bible, there may be times that it seemed like he did. But he was always actually responding to the ultimate authority of his father. And as his followers, we need to learn to do the same. So the first step in that is learning to recognize the rebellion in our own hearts. So that we can be clear when we are acting from a place of rebellion against authority or obedience to ultimate authority. This all relates to the government because it's how we see authority. Our main text today is in Romans 13, so I'd ask you to open your Bibles there. Now, before we uh, get into chapter 13, in verse uh, Romans 12, 21, the last verse there, it says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 21. A rebellious heart is evil because it is opposed to God. And we will not win against the injustices we see in our government by doing evil ourselves. In Romans 12, Paul has been telling us to leave room for God's wrath. He is our avenger against injustices in every relationship, human relationships and governmental relationships. And we are to pray for our enemies, including our political, um, governmental, and religious ones, And Paul has instructed his church by saying this. First of all, I urge you that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. That's We talked about that last week. That's how we are to come together and worship. And God, our Savior, desires us to be saved and then to lead others to the knowledge of the truth of the gospel. And goodness, through the gospel, is what restores justice to this world. Not our rebellious hearts. Not a rebellious heart that's out protesting the injustice of other people. See, man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. And we cannot bring about good by doing evil ourselves. And when we see evil in the government, friends, what we should do is seek to do good. And Paul starts out chapter 13 this way. He says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And Paul's saying this, let every person. We all are included. Regardless of your position or status right now, we all should be subject to the governing authorities. And, And what's important about this is our rebellious hearts often think, well, I'm the exception. I'm special in some way. We think we don't need to obey the rules because maybe of the injustices we feel or or, or the injustices that, that we do. The Bible says this, that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. God's kingdom, friends, is, is found in humility and, and, and rebellion at its essence is pride. See, all authorities come from God. So our response to authorities should not be rebellion, 
but to be subject to him. And, and, and the word subject in the Greek means to arrange ourselves in rank underneath that authority. Yeah, that phrase governing authority in the Greek means powers. All powers that exist have their power because of God. Gravity is a power that exists because of God. And I was trying to disobey it. Doesn't go well. Marriage, friends, has a power because it has been instituted by God. Government has a power because it is instituted by God. Parents, teens, have power because it's been instituted by God. Church has power because it's been instituted by God. The devil has power because God allows him to. God is sovereignly in control of all power. Now, not all power is good, but all power is instituted by God. Rebellion is trying in our pride to raise above powers established by God. That's what the devil did. He attempted to rise above the power of God. In Isaiah 14, 12, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn, how you are cut down to the ground. You laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. See, he, he tried to usurp God. He, the, the devil was given power by God, but he used that power to try to get on top of God and run things. And when we have a rebellious heart, we are in league with him. And, and Jesus defeated the devil. How? By full submission to God. He overcame evil with good. Full submission to God, he, he defeated the devil. And friends, if the government is in rebellion against God, we must still be in submission. We de defeat evil through submission in love, not rebellion in our pride. And that's a, that's a principle we need to follow as his followers. You know, Paul says this, Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Paul's saying anyone who resists the authorities that God has instituted will become subject to his judgment. Some of the powers God has established are the power of human life, the value of human life. All people are made in God's image and, and, and have dominion over this creation. That's the power God has given. There's the power of worship. God has given us the ability of language and, and communication. Unlike any other creature, the way we can communicate with him. And, and so we have the power of worship. There's a power of marriage. There's a chain of command in a family with the husband as the head, as the leader, and the wife under his authority, and the children under the authority of both parents. That's a power. There's a power of the church. God gave the church power to share his message accurately throughout the world. There's power of government to protect and keep civil order and civil law. And there's power of work. God has given man work so that he may have purpose and provision. And God is sovereign over all these powers. But friends, sometimes these powers, they conflict with one another. And that's why our world's broken. The, the powers are conflicting. They, they're not submitting to one another. For example, the role of government is to serve the families of its citizens, but, but often it usurps its authority 
over the authority of the family. And leaders in the workplace have authority, but they should not have authority in people's homes. Government has authority over public safety, but it, it should not exercise authority over the teaching of the church. And I, I believe God will bring his justice where these lines of authority are being crossed because of our sin. If we model peace and we are respectful of the authorities that God has established. See, often the authority given by God is not about capability of the leader. It's about the responsibility of the leader. A father is responsible for his family. Parents are responsible for their children. Governments are responsible for the safety and security of communities and nations. And the church is responsible for the spiritual care of his people and his mission. Now, if you read books like Ephesians, um, it outlines those responsibilities in those powers that God has instituted. And God has instituted all these powers for good. However, there is a rebellious authority, Satan, who has created rebellion to all of these authorities. Paul says this in Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers of this present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And, And God has allowed this wrestling to strengthen us. To strengthen us. He's allowing it. But we're not to rebel against these institutions in our struggle through our pride. Sometimes we we do wrestle with the rebellion of, of, of God's authority in all of these institutions. See, it's interesting that peace on spiritual warfare comes right after children and family, husbands and wives, workplace relationships, and boom, spiritual attack happens in relationship. Paul continues, for, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and receive approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on all wrongdoers. See, the fear of God is what's to be supreme in all of us. Because that's the beginning of wisdom. If we fear God, we will respect authorities because he set them in place. The word ruler here means leader. God establishes leaders in all those areas, in all those powers, and God has given them power to fulfill their responsibilities. And he's also given them a spiritual authority in these places. And when we submit to these spiritual authorities, there is benefit to us, and we please God, even if that authority is in rebellion against God. Children, teenagers, are to submit to their parents with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And that's also a promise for the adults who show honor to their aging parents. Workers are to submit to their leaders in the workplace and and leaders are to submit uh, to God in the treatment of their employees because employees are made in the image of God. So if you have people underneath you, you have to remember, they're made in the image of God. Husbands are to submit to God to care for their wives, 
who are also made in God's image and, 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 and co-heirs to the throne, so we must treat them well. Husbands who submit, or wives who submit to their husbands, do so to submit to God, who promises to care for them, even when their husband fails to effectively exercise his leadership. Governments exist to serve the needs of their citizens. However, this does not always happen perfectly because of our sin. But God still gives power to government institutions to accomplish his will. And and we should not cross in rebellion these powers in order to accomplish our will. These powers are meant to accomplish God's will for the benefit of all. And pride is using these powers to accomplish our own selfish will, while humility is using them to accomplish God's will. Both bad and good authority can accomplish God's will. See, Paul, or, or God used corrupt Roman leaders, one named Pilate, to accomplish his will. An example would be John 20, 10 through 11. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. See, authority is given to men to accomplish God's, God's will, not their own. And Pilate, even though he didn't know it, was God's servant to accomplish God's will. Even bad leaders do not bear the sword in vain or without purpose. God can use a bad leader to deal with with our bad behavior causing us to repent from that bad behavior and also to protect others for from our sins god got me a lot of traffic tickets because he was protecting other people all leadership power accomplishes his ultimate sovereign will but people often only want to submit to leaders that they like that they respect, but the Bible says the king's heart is like a stream of water in the hands of the Lord, and he turns it wherever he will, Proverbs 21.1. And so if our general posture is to rebel against leaders, friends, we are in rebellion against God. And so now, today, when I'm stopped by the police for speeding, which happens a lot, lot less, now I thank them for protecting me. Try that sometime. It changes the mood. And I don't do that for that. I'm honest about that. I, God, I trust that God sent them to protect me and others from my rebelliousness and my selfishness. You know, during the pandemic, we were asked to wear masks for the public good. And many of us were annoyed by this because the, the science on masks seemed to be inconsistent and they were uncomfortable. And others felt it was an overreach of the government to require masks. However, wearing masks did bring peace to the hearts of the citizenship as a whole. And and there was likely some benefit to public health. And you may say, well, I have the right not to be restricted or made uncomfortable by the state. However, Jesus submitted to a crown of thorns and crucifixion, both symbols of Roman oppression. And he did it in love for the common good of mankind. 
Often the needs of the many outweigh our personal needs. But our rebellion is often about our selfish needs, not the greater good of our neighbors. And government's authority is granted by God for the larger public good. The Roman Empire at the time Paul wrote this was a police state. I want you to think about that. The Praetorian Guard in the city of Rome uh, served as a police force. There were soldiers in the street. And, and consider that at the time Paul is writing this, that he is living under house arrest for preaching what God had authorized him to preach. Jesus lived under the authority of notoriously corrupt officials like Pilate and Herod. Yet neither Paul nor Jesus gave license to rebel against bad authority. They spoke the truth to it with their gospel, but they did not rebel against it. In Matthew 5, 41, Jesus said, And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. In context, that was a, the practice of anagaria, which was the forced transportation of military baggage. Under Roman law, a soldier could just walk up to any citizen and say, carry my bag for one mile. That was legal. And the Jews hated this. They hated this occupational presence and the fact that they could just be told that any time you could be at work and they say, pick up my bag a mile, and you had to do it. And, and Jesus is calling his, sub, his, his disciples to a radical higher standard of conduct. He says, go two miles. They were to be kind. They were to be compassionate and go the extra mile, even when those that asked for it were treating them poorly. They doubled up on what, what was good in serving others instead of protesting for their own personal rights. Beloved, we overcome evil with good. We do not meet evil with rebellious hearts because we are inconvenienced or annoyed. If we choose good when abused, God will ultimately bless our efforts. And in verse 5, Paul says this, Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. You know, when you see the word therefore in Scripture, you need to ask yourself, what is it therefore? What's it referring to? In this case, the therefore is referring to the previous statement that God uses both good and bad authorities for our good. That means we should be people who are not rebellious, but who follow and respect the chain of command that God has established. And we don't do this just to avoid getting in trouble with authorities. We do it because it's what God considers good. Often when leaders are a terror to us, when we're innocent, you know, we become tempted when they're being a terror to us when we're innocent. We become tempted to want to take them out in some way, don't we? And there. You know, David experienced this kind of temptation with King Saul. King Saul was trying to kill him. Saul was jealous of David because of his military victories and God's favor was resting on him. And, and he was just determined to get rid of David. He was actually trying to pin him to a wall with spears. I mean, that, that, that guy was a terror to him. And it was clear to everybody, even Saul's son, that that was unjust. And then in, in 1 Samuel 24, Saul pursues David with 3,000 men to kill him. And, and Saul 
goes by himself into a cave to relieve himself. And David and his men happen to be in the cave. And David comes creeping out. He was relieving himself, right? And he cuts the corner of his garment. And then immensely David's conscience went bad. And, and he came to his men who were all trying to encourage him, kill him, kill him. And we, you know, when do you get an opportunity to take out a powerful leader? I mean, you don't get near the president. I mean, 3,000 Secret Service people around him, and he's alone. And David chooses not to take matters into his own, own hand at that moment and to trust God to deal with Saul justly. And he said he would not lift his hand against God's anointed leader. And then David has another opportunity to take Saul out. His army was sleeping. And David snuck into Saul's camp with his mighty warrior, Abashi. And, and, and Saul and his warriors uh, were just sleeping soundly. And David could have taken a spear and, and run him through, or Abashi could. And Abashi saying, let me do it, let me do it. God has given the enemy into our hands this day. Now please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear. I will not strike him twice. However, David, again, chooses to trust God to deal with Saul justly. So he didn't take matters into his own hands. He says, do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David took Saul's spear, and he took his water jug, and he escaped out of the camp, and then he called out to Saul, and and he, he pleaded his case with Saul from a safe distance, And he showed the spear and he showed the water jug saying, you know, I could have killed you, Saul, while you were sleeping, but I didn't. I have done nothing wrong. I'm I'm innocent. I don't want to do evil here. And Saul saw David's good intention towards him, towards his life, and he repented. He turned from trying to pursue David at that time. However, Saul's pride of the leader continued to lead him to do evil. And eventually in battle, he got shot by an arrow and he, he chooses to commit suicide, to fall on his own sword so nobody could abuse him. I will note that David never trusted Saul again. You know, forgiveness and mercy... Uh, something we give that's an authority and a power we give. But there's a difference between trust and, and this was still an attacking enemy. Trust happens when people, institutions, and governments prove that they're trustworthy, but forgiveness and mercies are powers God gives us to give them freely. And later, a man came to tell David about Saul's defeat in battle, his shameful dis- demise. And, and, and the man started bragging he, that he had been the one to help kill the king, thinking David would give him something or give him favor. And David looked at him and said, how is it that you were not afraid to put out your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Because see, now David's king. God has put him in authority. And he had the man executed even for taking the life of a bad leader, because that was just. David's enemy, though, was taken out by his own pride. And so now David's conscience was clean. It was clear before God. See, David 
feared God's wrath for taking justice into his own hands. And so he instead trusted that God would avenge him if he would just act just and mercifully towards this government official. Clean conscience is good. When God takes somebody out, he does it much better than we do. We do it, we could end up in jail. We could end up in a big mess. And if nothing else, a guilty conscience for the rest of our life. We will suffer if we take matters into our own hands. But when God takes action, we, we maintain our witness and, and we suffer no guilt either between God or man. You know, David's battle with authority was one that was big and it was messy. But ultimately, God made him victorious. Many of us are more covert. We try to risk authorities in more hidden and subtle ways through noncompliance to things like, that annoy us, like masks or taxes or seatbelts or speed limits. And Paul covers this kind of rebellion against authorities in verse 13, 6. He says, For because of this you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Paul says that governmental employees are God's ministers, just like I'm a minister of God and Annika is a minister of God. They are God's ministers and they serve to do his will. In Paul's day, no one liked paying taxes, just like none of us like paying taxes today. But the system then was much more corrupt with an occupying Roman army, um, Tax collectors were hated because they made a profit on top of the tax that they had to collect to give to the Romans. And often they extorted people and beat people to get that money or at least threatened them with violence. And often they used their own people against them. They used the Jews to do it. And yet God's word here is commanding that we pay taxes even though we don't agree with the corruption our government is doing. Not only Paul said this, but, but Jesus did as well. When the religious leaders came up to test Jesus, they, they knew how the people felt about this corrupt tax system. And the, and, and, and the Jews themselves felt like they were servants of God. They did not need to pay this wicked tax. And, and they thought, you know, the leaders, they thought if, if they could trick Jesus to stay popular with his own people, then they'd have him. But if he condemned the, the Romans, then the Romans would deal with him. He was in a trap. And so his religious enemies asked him, is it lawful for us, you know, is this the right thing before God, to give tribute to Caesar or not? And Jesus' answer was brilliant. He said, show me a denarius. And he says, whose likeness or inscription does it have? And they said, Caesar's. And he said to them, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the thing that are God's. And this means that we should respect the authority given to the government and give what belongs to the government to the government. And then we should also give authority to God of what belongs to God himself. In other words, we should pay our taxes. But we should not worship the government. And we should not put our trust in it the way we do God. 
Jesus' answer is kind of a reminder that we are citizens of two worlds, the kingdom of God and this kingdom of the earth. And, and we are to obey the authority that God has placed over us here on this earth. But we're not to give our ultimate allegiance to any human government. And, and God did not respond to evil and corrupts, or Jesus did not respond to evil and corrupt governments by doing evil. You know, he didn't condemn the authorities that God had put in place. Instead, he encouraged us, his followers, to always do good by paying our taxes, wearing a mask, whatever it is that, that the authorities are asking. Paul said this in verse 7, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. And honor to whom honor is owed. Beloved, bad government officials are to receive their taxes because God has established their authority. And that's true even if we don't agree with their policies or their politics and if they're corrupt. We obey a government leader's even when it's difficult because they're ultimately accountable to God. Just like Saul was. Bad husbands are are to receive respect because God has set them in authority over their wives. This is true even if they're not good husbands. The wives should give respect in their words to their husbands and their actions. Even when they don't deserve it. Because God has commanded that that is good. Bad parents, bad parents are to receive honor because God has anointed them with the power to give us life. And this is true even if they are not good parents, even if they don't deserve it because of how they've treated us. It is good because God commanded it. This is such a popular message, isn't it? It's the Bible. See, often... We are the unjust ones seeking not to pay what is owed to others. We owe it to them because of the grace we have received from God. We have been given unlimited wealth in his grace. And so he expects us to pay it forward. When we obey governments, when we honor husbands and parents and and treat people with dignity and respect, because they are made in his image, we reflect the grace of God to the world. And God is pleased. Paul says, Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Friends, we are called to something higher than earthly justice as his followers. Friends, we are called to love, which covers a multitude of sins. We are to focus on bringing justice to the world by preaching and living out Jesus' gospel, not by condemning authorities for their unjust treatment of us. Paul's reminding us the law is fulfilled, as Jesus had said often, through being merciful to others. One of the oldest principles in the Bibles is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's where Paul goes next in this this section of scripture. And, and your political enemies and your government employees that annoy you and your and, 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 and aging parents that annoy you are your neighbors. 
And your teenagers are your neighbors. Right? Friends, we are to overcome their evil by showing goodness to them. Not by showing evil. Not by rebelling against those authorities. Friends, instead we need to pray for all leaders. We need to obey local laws. We need to pay our taxes. We, we, we give the government offices of leadership respect. And we honor the people who serve there because they are created in the image of God. We might not like everybody in office. We're not going to. But beloved, beloved, we are to respect the office because God gave that power or that authority in our lives. And, and admittedly, there are some that do not act very respectfully in their office in the government. But we still respect that God has given it to them and we seek to obey them. Now, I'm sure that in your minds, there are a lot of yeah buts going on. But what about... Beloved, we are to obey the authorities God has instituted unless, unless they prevent us from doing what God has directly commanded us to do. When they're causing us to sin. In Acts 4, Peter and John were out sharing the gospel as Jesus had commanded them and authorized them to do. And when they healed a crippled beggar, it created a stir in the community. And the religious elders in their community had them arrested and jailed. And they started interrogating them and asked, by what authority did you do this? And Peter, he boldly spoke up. And he said, it was by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom they, cruci- whom they had crucified and whom God had raised from the dead. Now, the local government probably considered that hate speech. Because he's saying, you guys killed the, the Son of God. And they also probably thought it was unlawful mat- medical practice because they healed some guy. Right? But it was by the authority of God that they had preached the truth and that they had made that man healthy. And the leaders, all they saw that these men were innocent. Because what they had preached was absolutely true. They knew it to be true. But to keep the public peace, they charged Peter and John not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. Even though it was true, and everybody knew it. And Peter and John answered, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. Acts 4, 19-20. Peter and John did not rebel against the local government to benefit themselves. They resisted the law because the law was in opposition to God's command to them. They did it respectfully, appealing to the words of the highest authority, not to their personal rights. They were also willing to take the consequences of speaking the truth in love to their community. They were not doing this to their own advantage, or to, to have the right opinion, but to the advantage of all. Friends, the gospel is the highest way we love our neighbors as ourselves. It's the highest way. It's not about us being right. It's about us doing what is right for those that God loves. But 
Jesus will be rejected always. And we will be rejected always by those who live under the power of the devil. Because Jesus is the stone the builders rejected. The leaders of their religion and the leaders of their secular community rejected him. And they rejected his followers' authority because of their pride. Jesus is the cornerstone. And friends, he's the cornerstone that's meant to break our pride. And then he is the foundation which we build our lives upon. That's what he did for me. He broke that prideful young man. See, Jesus was the only one with the authority to go to the cross and die to defeat my sin and to defeat your sin. And he was buried in a borrowed grave, and yet he was the only one who's ever had the authority over death. And so he, he walked out three days later. And he is the only one that God has given the authority to forgive your sin. A human court can declare you not guilty, but he is the only one that makes your guilt go away by faith in what he has done for you. He has the authority to give you eternal life. No government or religious institution has that kind of authority. Jesus is the highest authority. Jesus is Lord of all. And the government is on his shoulders. And so we are never to disobey his authority because of our fear or because of our pride or because of governmental opposition. We are to stand peacefully in the truth, not in violence. We don't take justice into our own hands. We trust Jesus Because he is Lord of all to bring justice, the justice he promised to anyone who mistreats us for doing good. Remember, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Rebellion against authority is pride that will lead to our destruction. Learning to humbly submit in love to his authority, friends, is our salvation. Today, I want you all just to admit where you are right in this moment of your life. Because I've been repenting this week of my own rebellious heart that's still there. And so today I want you to consider your heart. Where are you in rebellion? And I want you to turn from it. And I want you to surrender to his authority because his authority is good and it'll give your heart rest and it'll give your heart peace and the war that you're having of trying to be your own authority. That will lead to your own death and destruction. It's a path I was once headed on, and I know, I know that rebellious spirit, and it's no good. So today, turn from that. Surrendering your life to the authority of Jesus Christ. And friends, that will bring your heart peace. That will bring your heart joy. And that will bring you life. Not only here in this world, but forever. Life abundantly, here and beyond. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. It's so true. Lord, I pray today that we would admit the truth of it. That we would admit that that rebellion something we still war with. And so today we would turn to you and ask your power to crucify it, to put it to death. Lord, as it's put to death, we are raised with you again into new life.
And Father, let us turn and follow you. Because you are not just Savior, you are Lord. And you are the ultimate authority, and we must follow you in all things. And today, if there's somebody today that has never done that before, may they do that today. May they do that today for the first time and set their heart free. Take that heart of stone that seeks to respect, rebel and turn it into a heart of flesh that knows how to love. Love all, even those that are corrupt, even those that abuse us. Lord, give them a heart of flesh that can love the unlovable. Give us all of that, Lord. Let your kingdom come to this place and let this place be a place where, where the, the unlovable are loved. Let this be a place where we go out to find the unlovables and love them. That you may be glorified because we don't overcome evil with evil. We overcome evil with good, Lord. Let us be your warriors in this world to bring love. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.